0: Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Ah, uh,
1: We were talking yesterday about um so we were talking yesterday <laughs> about um you weaning yourself off you know i've known you for a long time and yeah. but ever since known you you uh, have been a very um avid earl gray tea drinker yeah and i've always wondered uh you know why not the coffee? And you kind of explained your story that you were a big, big coffee drinker back in the day, but you kind of you uh, you know kind of tempered things down and yeah. went went to the tea, and, and you like yeah. that much better. And you've you done that for years and years and years. And then just yeah. yesterday we met, and you were like, you know, I think I'm getting off caffeine a hundred percent. Yeah. And I thought about this a lot because it's so very um, unique to the month that's coming up. For us, right? Yes, when that's
2: true.
1: People ask all the time, like, what is the purpose of Ramadan? Like, why do you not eat and drink as soon as the sun comes up and you only break the fast when the sun goes down? Yeah. And, um, there's a lot of reasons behind it, but the number one reason is it's a training regimen to help you control desires, right? It's a way for you to become another, I, I forget which, and, and it was a lot, it was several philosophers, but the main philosopher that talked about being a slave to your desires. it was like one of the, you know, one of the, uh, like the Plato's or the Socrates that yeah. talked about being, a, uh, a slave to desires. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, so, so Ramadan really is a training regiment mm-hmm. to help you have more self control. Yeah. Because if you can resist the things that are necessary to survive, so we're not talking about the little things like I really want to buy a new car. You know, uh, we're talking about the things that you actually need to survive. So like food and water, Uh, if you can resist those desires, then you should be able to resist just about any desire, right? Yeah. Uh, So it's this training regimen to help you have more self-control over your, you know, over your desires. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think about that a lot and I'm like, wow, you're kind of having your own Ramadan right now. (laughs) I am, Uh, because it's not easy. It's not easy for me. It wouldn't be easy. Yeah, Uh, you know, Ramadan is not easy. But even if it wasn't Ramadan, like coffee has been just a part of my life. I really have an acquired taste for it. I enjoy it. I literally, at night, sometimes I think to myself, can't wait till it's morning time. I'm gonna have my cup of coffee in the morning. Sit out on the back porch. Yep. It's a great way to start my day. It's So it's so much more than the caffeine. It's this whole experience for me. Yeah. Um, so being you know giving that up um, would be difficult, right? But yeah. I forgot, I just read somewhere, and I can't remember. It might have been a David Goggins deal. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. Some of the stuff David Goggins does is just not for me. Yeah. I think he's great. and I think he I, I really do believe he affects a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and and that's all that really matters, right? He's not really, you know, does it, doesn't really do it for me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. but he he uh, he had a video recently where he was like, uh, six, success comes from doing the things you don't want to do. Yeah. and that I completely did I do relate to yeah. because. Um, just from boxing, has taught me, like, you got to do the things that other people are not willing to do. You got to wake up in the cold, in the rain, and put your road road work in. You know, my coach used to say things like that, son, it's just, and he said, right, like, son, it's just, it's not just about conditioning, right? It's about mental fortitude. If you think that you're just going to that that it's just about running so that way your like you know your legs get stronger and your lungs get stronger it's not it's about can you force yourself mentally to do something you don't want to have to do because in the ring you may encounter that situation yeah. you may get knocked down and you don't want to get back up can you get back up and that's usually what will determine who's going to win the fight who's going to impose the will on the next on, on the next uh, man or the next woman or the next individual your opponent Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk to you. How's that going so far? Is it, has it been hard for you? Um,
2: surprisingly not. Um, so it's been, uh, over three weeks now since I've had any caffeine and, um, every other time that I've tried to quit. So I started, I started drinking coffee in like 1992. So 31 years ago and switched over to tea probably about 12 years ago at this point. But basically, I've had caffeine every day of my life for 30 years. And um, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to see. Like, there's a guy, there's an author named Michael Pollan who had a book about caffeine. It's really a good book. And he said that in order to determine his relationship with caffeine, he had to stop drinking caffeine for a while to see what it was. And he said it's almost like his self image was was caffeinated. It was like your your entire understanding of who you are is, is through the lens of of caffeine. And I, I think that that sounds a little bit dramatic, but but there definitely is something to the idea of caffeine gives you more focus on specific things, but it's sort of um, it's like you know everything else around you kind of fades away. What I've noticed without caffeine is that, There may be less focus on that specific thing, but overall, you're sort of you're you're taking in more things at a less intense volume. So um, I just kind of wanted to see what life was like without it, because I really have not been an adult without it. Um, And the times that I've quit before, it's always been so much focused on the negative of like all headaches of like missing the routine. Like you said, that. This time I wanted to make sure I had like because part of it's just like you like drinking something hot like there's like hot beverage in the morning is feels good, especially when it's colder. So, you know, you can have herbal tea and things like that. And it's like you're getting your hot beverage. So um, so part of it was like just figuring out that routine. Um, But part of it was wanting to see, like, how would this affect energy levels? How would this affect sleep? How would this affect like training? Um just kind of like go through the whole thing and more of like let me see what this is like versus before it was like oh I've got to quit for some reason that I decided arbitrary which made it like focusing on what I was losing rather than exploring what I could gain Mm. and I always find like that's a better way to do anything is that when you start looking at what is possible versus if you focus on what you're giving up it becomes like bigger and bigger, the idea that you're See, I think
1: support. when I think, I think when I think of that, and that's so powerful, that's, very, that's a very, I like what you said about that and you know, focus on, you know, stop not focusing on what you're going to lose, but on the possibility of what you're going to gain by doing that. But I think to myself, if I were to give up coffee, it was like, I'm gaining, I am going to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> gaining pain. I'm just be a, like a worse version of myself in every in every possible way it's like doomsday <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean maybe i mean it, it's it's certainly like there's a ton of videos on on youtube about it and but it's not true though i know it's not true yeah I, and, and and the reason why is because of ramadan yeah. ramadan makes you give up all like people that smoke you um you can't smoke during Ramadan. you know you can't do those okay. things you know okay. what i mean um so it it, it it sort of forces you to, to, um, break free of all those things that you're sort of feeling that you need to cling to. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's hard, like the first week of Ramadan, like I get these massive headaches and I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. you know, that's, it's, it's not great now. But what do you think about, um, is it, is it, it's not solely based on health reasons either though, right? Well, I mean a little bit, I wanted to see, um, The
2: main thing I wanted to see was sort of, I I heard a lot of people talk about like their anxiety and how they would have like, so there's people that like all ends of the spectrum of people that would have like straight up panic attacks and all these different things that once they cut out caffeine, a lot of that went away. Um, I've never had a panic attack, but I just, I'm naturally sort of an anxious person. And um, I wanted to see if it would just, I, I was like, like I've told you before, it's like to me the way I judge whether something's working is not like, because you can never tell, like, if you feel super calm, it's like, okay, well, I just, I'm feeling calm now because of this new diet, this new, this, that. If you're feeling like out of your mind, it's like, well, that's, those are both extremes are hard to tell. To me, it's always like the the could go either way, the sort of 50-50 right on the borderline stuff Mm -hmm. where if it's normally, it's like, I'm just going to lose my shit over something. But if I don't and I'm able to sort of pull myself back in a rational manner, if I'm able to do that consistently, then I'm like, okay, there's something to this. Um, That's always the real judgment for me. It's like the the things that could go either way, because Mm -hmm. it's like if you're if you're all the way one or the other, it's like you can't really tell if anything you're doing is changing anything. But if it's something where there's that moment where you're like the fist is curling up or whatever it is and you're (laughs) able to uncurl it. It's like, okay, that might be something interesting, so. I think for the most part that's that's been true. I mean, there hasn't been like a whole lot of like super stressful stuff. That's happened, so I can't really tell yet. Um, But the idea is like wanting to. I'm always trying to figure out ways to become calmer Um, and, and I'm like a lot of it was always trying to add things like trying to add meditation or you know what if I change the way I work out or if I change different things. But it was never the idea, of, what if I took something away? And so I wanted to say like, well, this is sort of a basic
1: thing that it kind of makes sense would make you less calm because of the stimulant. That's really interesting, Carter. That's really interesting because when people look at self-improvement in their life, and I'm again, I, I have this problem of speaking for the whole world, but I know in my life, when I've looked for self-improvement in my life, I look at what I can add to my life. Yeah. What yeah. is the next gadget? What's yep. the next supplement? What's the next book I can read? Yeah. All that type of thing. I never look at my I rarely look at my existing life and think to myself, what can I eliminate from it? Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean,
2: you know, you think about it like, okay, so we're going to Florida in a couple of weeks. And um, so when you're like a a, a, not a coffee drinker and you're around coffee drinkers, it's like you're like, I got to get my tea. I got to get my tea. And, you know,
1: it's like um luckily, i'm sorry man i sabotaged you yesterday no 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 making no. you meet at the starbucks
2: no no that's fine actually at starbucks is fine they got uh, they got plenty of good non-caffeinated stuff um but like so when you go my my brother-in-law's wife had like you know like a, a tea that i like like a chai tea or whatever so it was like last time we were there i was like okay they've got the right tea but there's always this like it's a drug it's like a drug that you're addicted to and so whenever you're going somewhere there's the worry, like, will they have my drug? Like when we went to Cuba a few years ago, um, you know, Cuba's known for its coffee, but there's like finding tea in Cuba was quite the task. Uh, I was able to find it almost everywhere we went, but it was still like, and I was, part of me was like, ah, I should just drink the coffee. But it's like this idea of like, you need to find this thing. And there's, there's a dependence on that. There's a, a lack of, of freedom with that. Versus if you're just like, I'll just drink water and I'll be fine. Um, I don't know, there's something independent about that, which I kind of wanted to explore a little bit and see like, you know, cause I, even when I've quit before, it's been like for like a week or two at a time. And I'm like, let me just give this some real time. Cause when I quit alcohol, I, n- I never intended to like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stop drinking. I mean, there was no like rock bottom. I wasn't like a big drinker anyway. There was no like terrible thing that had happened. There was no New Year's resolution. Um, it was just something that I just sort of stopped doing and I was like, oh, okay, well, there's this show coming up. maybe I'll have a drink then. And then the, I went to the show, I didn't have a drink, and then I was like, I'll just keep doing like I don't like I kind of like this. And, I, and as the time went on, the simplicity of just being like, I'm not doing this anymore made my life so much better versus having sometimes it's like eliminating decisions you have to make in the day makes your life better because like now you can spend your energy deciding things that really matter and if it's something where um, you have conflicted feelings on something anyway it's like with caffeine it's always like I told you yesterday I'm like I'm so sensitive that like if I have a little bit too much like I won't be able to sleep if I don't have enough I'll I'll start getting a headache like you know a couple hours after the morning it's like it's got to be like this precise ratio and like and I was always trying to like cut it down. I'm like, okay, I'll cut down to like three tea bags a day. And like it just was like it, it's it's like taking up way too much mental space versus if you're just like, I don't do this anymore, then it's no longer a decision. So it's like it just becomes a habit. Like you don't need discipline for it anymore after a while because it's just like you've just decided not to
1: something. Like it I makes love it that. easier. I wonder what else in the and now you- you know, that's um, it's almost like a taxi driver type of deal. When he's standing in the mirror, he's like, "I'm gonna eliminate all the unnecessary things in my life." Um, it makes me wonder and reflect, like, what all can be eliminated. It's like, it's like the plane's too heavy, and you gotta you gotta throw out baggage, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, to lighten the load, I wonder what else can be eliminated. And I think, I again, I'm I don't want to speak for a lot of people, but usually when I do talk to people and they talk to me about self improvement, it's always about something new that they're doing. Yeah not something that they're eliminating from life. And I think that's such an important thing is that, um, you know, look at, look at before, before you start looking for new stuff, they can probably add value to your life. Sure. Maybe, maybe not, but first look like what you're already doing, right? So it's almost like what the doctor says, like, look at your diet first, you know, what, what are you taking in currently before we start looking at what supplements you need to start taking?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you think about this from I thought about this a lot from an investing point of view of, you know, I had stuff in all different parts of Texas. And so I eliminated all of East Texas. I'm now in the process of eliminating all of West Texas and just having it be just Temple and Austin, maybe Belton, like sort of two two or three areas all within an hour of each other. And, and then even the, the types of real estate, it's like you do a bunch of different stuff and you start narrowing it down and narrowing it down. Because then you can really you can evaluate things much quicker uh when you know what you're looking for it becomes sometimes a lot easier to find it and once you've done it for a while now i think the people start seeking you out because they know that you do this thing Um, and it's always funny because i still get phone calls for people wanting to sell their mobile homes like literally like a couple times a week i just got one a couple days ago and it's so bizarre like i've literally done no marketing for that in like eight years and I still get people calling me about that. So it's like, you know, the trails of, of the different decisions you made sort of follow you for a while. But to me, it's like, I don't know, like there, there's something to be said about sort of paring down and paring down into to what I would say is the essential for now. Um, because it actually, it frees up a lot of space in your mind too, because it becomes about, well, how do I do this better? Or you know where can i make this work in this particular place versus oh i could do a single family home i could do an apartment i could do this like there's it's almost like sort of an analysis paralysis when you have too many options and too many places and too many things so it's almost of- a way to become
1: to remove distractions and become laser focused
2: yeah i think so i think so and it's like um yeah it's weird like I, but I, i'm i don't know i mean so far i would say i'm i'm the only declaration i'll make is i'm going to continue
1: for how long, I, I don't know. And, you know, I think that's an important thing also is that at least for me, I always feel like such a failure when I say I'm going to do something right? and I don't give myself an out, right? Like it's, so the moment that I no longer do what I said I was going to do, it's like, yeah. Oh, complete failure. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think to a certain degree, a lot of people say that that's the way it has to be done and i know that you know even growing up i was taught that you know you know you you make this declaration that you're going to do something and you can't stick to it that just shows that you're like a weak and not right. disciplined yeah. um but i think going back to first principle thinking is like start to question well well is is, is that even the right way to approach right you know, life and decisions that you're making in life. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean,
2: there's almost everybody has changed their mind about almost everything at some point or another. I mean, like, it's almost like youthful folly to be like, you're going to be thinking the same things and wanting to do the same things now versus 20 years from now, or, you know, that kind of thing. Like it's just certain things run their course. Um, I mean, obviously there's like certain principles and, you know, things like that, that you're going to, continue to abide by. But like, um, I don't know, I mean, I think it's like, a, almost like a foolhardy, hard headed thing when something is clearly not working. And it's like, you know, it just needs more cowbell or, you know, whatever it is, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, it doesn't, like, sometimes it's like, you got to take the feedback that the world is giving you on something, and make adjustments, make this, or it's like, you're trying to do something and all of a sudden, a new opportunity presents itself. It's like, well, um, just ignoring that seems foolish. So I I think it, it all kind of depends. I mean, there's obviously like, we all know people that are chronic quitters that just are always going to say they're doing, going to do something. And they always make these declarations and there is the danger of like wanting to get the praise for something just for the idea of doing it before you've actually done it. It's like, you know, somebody's like, I'm going on a diet. This is day one. And people are like, Oh, you're so great.
1: John, you're going on a diet. Yeah. It's It's
2: like, I I think it's kind of like, I'd rather pursue something and then talk about it afterwards or, or later on or whatever than talk about it before. Um, but, yeah, I, I think – yeah, I, I don't know. I think there's nothing wrong with with making adjustments as time goes on. I mean, I think there's – you kind of have to, especially in business. It's like you see all these businesses that go out and go under, and a lot of times it's because people are refusing to change with the times. They're refusing to make adjustments, and it's like, all right, then the market's
1: just going to swallow you up. So, yeah, because it yeah. becomes this idea of this is who like in, in terms of business, this yeah. is who we are, yeah, yeah, and they don't understand, or for some reason, people don't think that they can evolve into something different, right yeah. like who yeah. you are is not who you should always it's not who like, you're always going to be, or it's not even who you should always be,
2: yeah, yeah, I mean, I think about that even in jujitsu. like I feel like um you know, your style of game that you're going to play is cha- is going to change over time. Um, even the the idea of doing something that's just jiu-jitsu oriented versus something bigger may change over time. Jiu-jitsu itself has changed a lot over the last 25 years, just the style that people play. Um, so it's I-, I think it's foolish to just be like, why well, just do this or I just do that. I mean, there's things that are going to feel more natural. There's going to but that that changes over time too.
1: Well, you gave a lot of uh, a lot to unpackage there, especially when it comes to jiu-jitsu. Like, for example, distractions. There's so many distractions in jiu-jitsu. You go log on to BJJ Fanatics, you can't even decide so what easy. DVD yeah. to buy cuz there's like I a know. billion of them and, and 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 more content is coming out. It's like, what do I what, what do I focus on? Yeah. You know, you know, there's so many distractions there. And then especially for professional athletes Um, or even uh, amateur athletes that are just highly competitive, this idea of like, this is what I, because that's, there's some, it's a tough thing, because you can't, you don't want to mentally fail when you're a professional athlete, because you always feel like that's going to follow you into the ring, or follow you into competition, so, but I, I, I think that you do have to, I don't know if you need someone to help you make these decisions. Maybe it's a coach or something, but for example, um, you know, you're injured, right? But you're like, man, but my, my training regimen says I have to train three times a day. And so you push yourself through these injuries. Yeah. Like, okay. So, I mean, are you really benefiting yourself? Are you going to be the best version of yourself when it's time for competition?
2: Yep. Yeah, no, it's funny. I mean, as we as we know, my uh, my shoulders a little out of whack at the moment, um, thanks to a an over enthusiastic moment from a, from a beautiful <laughs> man, and um, and and it's funny actually. I don't again. I guess because it's like I've I've been doing this stuff for a long time and I've been injured many times, but I feel like this was my most enthusiastic reaction to an injury that I can remember having, where I'm just immediately like oh, well, I had wanted to work on some new movement-based type of stuff anyway, because I was feeling sort of a lack of thoracic extension and, you know, just just different bridge type of stuff I wanted to work on. I'm like, well, this shoulder injury shows me that maybe that is a weak point and something to, you know, once I heal up a little bit, something to explore a little bit. And I'm like, I've got tons of cardio stuff I can do. I have this bitchin' weight vest that I haven't been using lately. I can use that for lower body stuff so I don't have to hold on to things with my hands. And I just kind of, and I've got all these resistance bands. I can use those on my good side. And I just kind of went through the the log of everything. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll start doing this. Had a great workout this morning. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm not going to miss a beat. But I think it's the ability to have sort of a flexible approach to what is staying in shape what is staying sort of fight ready or train ready or whatever you want to say in your mind and i know that my ability to handle injuries is much much better now at almost 49 than it was when i was in my 30s because when i was in my 30s my idea of what training was like i'm gonna be on the mat and i'm gonna tap out every single person that i can tap out and i'm like it's total destruction was the mindset like you know like early early to mid 30s like getting you know purple brown and an early black belt and the problem with that is that if you can't do that, then it feels like everything's a waste. Like you, Oh, I'm out for six weeks. I can't do anything for six weeks or whatever it might be versus as I've gotten older, it's more like, well, oh, what can I do right now?
1: And I, you know, I just list a whole bunch of things that I can do. Or, and well, it, even when you get to the point of like, you're the black belt now, but you can't even tap out right. the, the bigger, younger yeah. blue belts, yeah. you know, if, if you have that mindset, yeah then it's just going to be like, well, why am I even doing jiu-jitsu anymore? Yeah. Am I – like that that episode that jiu-jitsu put out, right? Like am yeah. I even a black belt anymore? Am I even a black belt? And it's like – it's
2: it's sort of a f- interesting thing. Of, it sort of speaks to the myth of jiu-jitsu, which doesn't exist in other sports, which is that you reach a certain level of proficiency, and now you can
1: just beat everybody from now on. And it's like an- – Well, you know what, Carter? I heard something interesting. and I, I'm sorry, because oh. it was the uh, B-team just did a podcast with Lex Friedman.
2: Yeah. I listen And they to that. were talking
1: yeah. about like um, Nikki Rod being this br- being a brown belt. Yeah. And like Friedman uh, asked, you know, uh, a question that I, I was hoping he would ask is like, well, yeah. how do you determine when he's a black belt? Right. Because yeah. like he's beating black belts. Yeah. Um, and they said the black belt is not necessarily a measure of how good you are. It's a measure of how much knowledge you have. Yeah, I heard that. And the way yeah. we measure that is, you know, or one way to measure that is like your ability to teach a concept. Yeah. So, it, so you may be a hundred years old and you may not be able to implement yeah. the concept. Yeah. But yeah. you are, you have enough understanding of the of the principle that you can teach it. Yeah, and that's, and that's that the thing. is great, like that. So, in other words, a black belt is your how much knowledge you have on this thing.
2: Yeah, and it's – you know, with, with combat sports, it's especially like – so in other words, like when um, – what's his name? Phil – what was the guy's – the Lakers and um, – Phil Knight? Was it Phil Knight? No, it was, it was the – um Phil oh, oh, the uh, – was he the Nike guy? Yeah, yeah, he is the Nike guy. Um, I can't remember the name right now, but he was the Lakers nope. coach. He was the coach for Jordan as well. In the, in Phil the Jackson. Phil Jackson. So when Phil Jackson was the coach for Jordan and for Kobe and Shaq later on, I mean, Phil had been a decent player himself, but at that point in his 40s or 50s whatever, there's no way he would have beaten Michael Jordan in one-on-one or Kobe Bryant in one-on-one. But they listened to him because he was their coach. And it's like, so he has the knowledge and the ability to see strategy and all that. So it's like you reach a certain level of proficiency. And yeah, I think your sort of duty at that point is to pass it on to the younger generation. But this idea that like, You get to a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and now you just beat everybody uh, at a lower rank from now on. It's like that just – that doesn't exist in any other physical endeavor at all, especially in combat sports. And so it's like this weird thing of jiu-jitsu where it's like, well, am I a black belt anymore once I get to black belt? And to me, it's like the only way that I think you would not be is if you completely stop training, completely take yourself out of the game completely and forget everything you knew. Okay, maybe. But this idea that like, you know, a, a buddy of mine competed yesterday in like a white blue belt tournament and he's in his 40s. And the guys he were going against were like 19 and 20. And I think he won one match and lost one and didn't seem like super bummed out about it. But it's like it's like, dude, you're 43 and you're competing against a 20 year old. Like in what physical endeavor would you think you would beat them at in anything? I mean, literally any sport. Maybe endurance running or something. If you've been like that, might be one sort of window where the older athlete has an advantage for a short amount of time. But like anything else, like sprinting, weightlifting, any sort of fighting, like
1: b- basketball, baseball. What do you like, think about that, though? Do you think that that's, that that can be? I mean, I, I think the question kind of answers itself, and I think most people know that have lived long enough in life that is that the the toxic mentality of not being able. Yeah to let go of who you, what you could do in the past yeah. versus what you can do now, right? Like people that are still trying to perform at a 20 year old, at their yeah. 20 year old self yeah. now that they're approaching 50. Well, it's like, you know, it's a balance I think
2: because like the other end is like anytime you feel any sort of injury or whatever and if you're surrounded by people who are like, oh, getting old sucks, oh, that's just how getting I old is. That like that, that to me is not good either because now you're deciding that because i've been injured all my life i mean like when i was 16 i I popped like the bone of my forearm came out when i was skateboarding i mean like i've had plenty of you should have said you should have been like man getting old sucks guys yeah right (laughs) i mean so it's like i've had injuries throughout my my life so it's like okay i had another injury it's like that like i could have happened to me 20 years ago that could happen to me 30 years ago so it's like this idea that oh, now it's different because you're older and blah, blah, blah. I think that's not a good approach either because now you really are um, noceboing yourself into you know really giving up on a certain type of life or a certain type of happiness just because you're a certain age. But on the other hand, when you set yourself up for false expectations of like, okay, I should be able to beat this person, especially in a, like a short jujitsu match, like a six-minute match, when somebody's younger and stronger and bigger and blah blah blah. It's like that's setting yourself up for that's sort of a false expectation as well, um, and that's so it it is a balance between the two because it's like you do want to stay in the game and you do want to stay engaged in life and you do want to say like just because you're a certain age doesn't mean you can't do certain things. But saying that you can do them just as well as somebody who has, you know, 30 years of youth on their, on their advantage, it's like that's, I, I think that's setting yourself up for misery too. It's like, I think having realistic expectations is what I'm saying, and that you can probably do a lot more than you think when you're older. Um, I think that our generation has aged very well and has understood that it doesn't mean what we used to think it meant when we were kids when somebody was in their 40s it's like oh they're old they're done it doesn't mean that so it shouldn't mean that but at the same time it's like no different to me than if it's somebody you're you know you're 48 and you're hanging out with a bunch of 25 year olds that's weird That's just weird like why would you do i'm um, you dress like them you listen to the same music blah blah, blah. it's like that's just you're having a weird midlife crisis <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with it. like you can be your age and look your age, but still do really cool things. And I think that's cause it's like, I see people, you know, you see people start getting the, especially my age, every the dudes are getting like the facelifts and the this, that cause they don't want to look old. And it's like, well, maybe being old doesn't mean all these bad things. Like maybe it means good things. It means you're still physically capable and you're still doing all this stuff, but like trying to eliminate the lines on your face doesn't that makes you look desperate to me? It doesn't make you look young because you certainly don't look the way you did before. It just makes you look self conscious and desperate. And it's like, so I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think it is a balance, and like everything else, it's like that balance will change over time. Um, and I really think that at this point, to me, just being able to train fairly consistently, being relatively pain free, is a huge win. It's a huge win. It's something that I haven't had happen in in years. And now, I mean, outside of you know, a little shoulder injury aside. For the last however many you know months or whatever it's been, it's been like a lot of good consistent training, pretty much pain free, and it's like that's that's a win, much more so than like did I beat this guy? Did I beat that guy? Um, I think if your motivation is always competitive and beating people, then sooner or later, yeah, you're gonna have to quit because it's like you're gonna run out of people that you can beat. But that that's to me, if that's the only motivation to doing something like that, you know maybe new motivations need to be found for something. Mm-hmm. Like that. So it's, a, and that's, I don't know. I, I think that's part of life though. I mean, cause you think about it, like, what if you get successful enough that you have enough money, you're never going to have to worry about money again. And your whole goal going through was making money. Okay. Well, you've achieved that goal. Does that mean you're just, that's it? Just going to hang out, play golf, train jujitsu, do whatever. I mean, maybe, but a wow. lot of people, it's like their, their goal yeah. is going to change. It's like, okay, now, okay, I've done this well now let me see what things I could affect or can I start a charity? Or can I start like different
1: things? Like the motivation changes. Um, cause I think that I wanted, it's so funny. You brought, um, man, I tell you, I always say this in like all of our so like we're on some sort of a crazy, uh, same frequency here. Yeah. But I promise you this morning I was brushing my teeth in Salia and I was like, this would be a good podcast topic. But then I obviously I forgot the topic when we started talking. Um, <laughs> But uh, Sally and I actually had a conversation that revolved around this topic. I, as you know, like you know, I say once a week, but it's more like once a day. We'll 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 sit down at the end of the day, sometimes middle of the day, and we'll we'll have like we'll just reflect on what's going on in business, what's gone in in the past, what are we doing now, and wh- where do we what what are we going to be doing in the future, right? And one of the things that came up was motivation, right? Um, the idea of where does the, and, and, and so it, it brought on this philosophical question of where does your motivation come from and does it matter where it comes from? Mm-hmm. And my argument is a hundred percent. It matters. You, there are different sources of motivation, but the the greatest source of motivation has to be self-motivated. Mm-hmm. In other words, yeah. if I say that I'm boxing and I'm going to, and, and, and the reason I'm boxing is because I'm doing it for my coach who you know no longer with us which you know not true but let's say that was my motivation right like yeah. i'm rocking mickey passed away and all yeah. my fights are for mickey from here on out that's just not going to last i yeah. know it's not going to last it's not but people i think sometimes feel like they they feel guilty about saying that what i'm doing is for myself mm. you shouldn't feel guilty about that it should be for yourself yeah and it's dishonest To say that it's for anything else and if you're not doing it for yourself then i think that you are playing on a house of cards that you're you're only setting yourself up for loss now your main source of motivation i'm I'm pretty much just going over the whole conversation i had with salia the main source of uh, of your motivation should come from within but that doesn't mean you can't also have these Separate sources of motivation, right? Yeah. So, like my main source of motivation, like when I was boxing, it was like, it's for me. I wanna, I wanna represent my country at the Olympics, right? That's my motivation. But I also understood, like, man, you know, when things were getting hard, yeah, I would think about the people that are have been helping me. And I'm like, man, I can't let them down and go a little bit yeah. harder on in my yeah. sparring, go a little, you know, a little bit harder on the bag, um, all that type of thing. So I have these, I have this side motivation. Yeah. But that side motivation could never be my main motivation. Yeah. The side motivation is like that extra shot of energy when mm-hmm. you're like down on the ground and you need to get up, you know, yeah. you might hear that speech Mickey gives to Rocky, <laughs> and that yeah. that's your side motivation. But yeah. at the end of the day, you have to be there. You have to show up because you want to be there. If you're there yeah. for any other reason, yep. it's just not going to work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. No, I think, you're right. I think you're right. Cause it's like, It reminds me of the end of uh, Breaking Bad, the last episode where Walter White throughout that entire show had been saying, everything I do, I do for my family. And finally, he starts like he's going to say that speech to his wife again. And she's like, if you say that one more time, he's like, everything I did, I did it for me. I liked it. I was good at it. And like and and it's it's weird because people never seem to want to admit that. But it's like, why is that so bad, doing something for yourself? Because it doesn't mean that when you do something for yourself, it doesn't benefit other people. Like, if you're a successful person, you can benefit a ton of people. You can benefit way more people being successful than you can being unsuccessful. In fact, I would say by being unsuccessful, you put a burden on other people a lot of the time. But to be successful, to sit there and be like, I'm doing this for everyone, well— that sounds nice. And that's what people are going to say. Cause they think that's what people want to hear. But I don't think that's true for almost anybody. I mean, like, I, I really don't. I mean, so it, but it's like, that's not bad. I think it's just refer. I think a lot of what we're talking about is just kind of reframing things. Like it's the idea of, you know, Oh, I'm getting older. Well, if you frame that as that's bad, then okay, you're going to start acting accordingly. Oh, Oh, my, my arm hurts today. I'm, I'm oh, and I'm, I'm, you know, past a certain age. Oh, well that's what happens when you get past a certain age. Okay. Maybe, but but maybe not. You know what I mean? Like m- most injuries are going to heal. Like I mean most things people are incredible can be incredibly capable from a at a very older age. I mean like there's a lot of things possible, so you can reframe this stuff. So with, you know, the idea of I am self-motivated, I'm doing this for myself, it's like yeah, cuz that's what's going to keep you working at it. Like when, when there's no real hint of success or the idea of like, I don't know, like th- there's nothing. Well, see, with
1: that. I, I, and I'll tell you how this conversation came about. So we, we, we started talking about motivation and and um, you know, I asked Sally, I was like, well, why do you do what you do? Like what motivates you? She's like, well, I do it for my family. And I know what she meant and she does. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah. she is motivated by the family, yeah. but then here was my counter argument. Was okay. So imagine all your family is dead. What are you going to do now? Are you just going to <laughs> go under a bridge? No, seriously. Right? Like, are you just going to go under a bridge and die? Like, yeah. do you lose all your motivation yeah. for whatever you're doing? And so that's yeah. why the source of motivation, you, it has to be the self. It has yeah. to be within, because if it's anything external, yeah. then once that thing is gone, you yeah. cease to exist. Yes. Yes. And that's what you see, like these weird, crazy things of like people where it's like,
2: oh, he could never get his father's approval. So everything was about that. And it's like, I, I think that's what makes that that can make somebody successful and miserable. Like, you know, you always hear about that, like, a, uh, you know. Oh, I don't, I,
1: that's good, Carter. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause cause it's like, like if you if you if you cling on to the wrong type of motivation.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And and even then, I don't know if that's even true either. Like people will say, like, oh, I did it, you know, and I was trying to get my dad's approval and that's why I'm so miserable. And eh, maybe. Maybe you're just a dick. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like that that's sad because it's like even that is kind of giving them an out for being a dick, versus it's like, no, maybe you just enjoy being a dick. Because if you think about it, like we're you know, we're watching um Tulsa King right now, with Sylvester Sloan. It's a pretty good show. And mm-hmm. it's like a lot of his stuff is just coming in and going, Yeah, I'm gonna do this now. And like being a dick about it, but being very, like, just straightforward. And if you say, no, I'll just punch you in the face. And it's like, that's probably highly effective in the world, because most people are like, oh, I don't want to be that. So it's like, so you can be a dick, and it can work, and you can be successful. You just have to realize that if you do it that way, there's probably people come back at you and, and do the same thing or up the ante a little bit more. And you have to be ready for that. But um, I don't know, I I think there's, I think it's, it's weird, because it's like, I think that, People look at being self-motivated or doing it for yourself as it's selfish or it means that you're not caring about the possible good benefits of something or it's, you know, it's it's inherently evil or whatever. And I I think that I don't know. I mean, well, you know, I I
1: look at it No, Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say there's just nothing more fun than when you see like uh, the example I would use in jujitsu is like somebody like Marcelo Garcia, like the guy just loves jujitsu. He loves the whole thing, loves being around it. He's always smiling. And it's like he's created so many good things from something that he clearly loves. And it's like if you love something, then you're kind of doing it for yourself, right? But that that can bring joy to, to all the people around you. And in fact, I think it's it's more, it's almost the the better thing to do for other people if you're doing something self-motivated because you're going to enjoy it and that's going to radiate out. Versus if you're doing something strictly for like some other person or whatever, your motivation is going to be limited. You're going to resent that person, whoever it might be. Like, you're oh, I'm just doing this for my family or my mom. You're going to hate that person after a while. Because they're never going to give you the reciprocation or the appreciation or whatever that's going to feel like it's enough for this thing. And it's like this weird cycle. Versus if you do it for yourself, it's like, man, there's nothing wrong with doing something that just gives you a thrill, man. Every time I, I start like looking at plans or doing stuff or looking at property, dude, it gives me a thrill. I got to turn off the podcast just so I can focus in. And it's so much fun. And it's like, I do that for me. I try and explain it to other people. You you appreciate it. Some people appreciate it. A lot of people go, uh-huh. My wife looks kind of nods as she tries to leave the room as fast as possible. <laughs> but I don't do it for her. And I don't do it for the other people. I do it for me.
1: I'm okay with that. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And you gotta do it for you. My brother, I we're threw, gonna leave it on that because that's I throw point. my I microphone down. Boom. That's the best. Yeah, you gotta do it for you. To re-listen to this episode or check out our our past episodes, go to the Jiu Jitsu of Life. Also check us out on Apple iTunes, like review, subscribe, support the channel. Um, as always, I'm Mo. That is my brother, partner in crime, Carter Fisk, and we wish you guys nothing but the best, both on and off the mat. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys.
0: That's it for this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Robles newsletter to get the exclusive content at robles.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com, And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the map.